Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumours and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. I am your host, Keith Smith, and I am joined by my new co-host, host, I'm going to just call you a host, uh, Trevor Lane uh, from the Lakers Nation team. If you're coming to us from Lakers Nation, you know I've joined Trevor on his show several times over the past, what, couple, two, three years now, I yeah. guess. It's probably been going on. And, uh, you know, so now now we are, we, we, we're getting together to relaunch the Front Office Show. So, Trevor, well, welcome to the team i guess here at the front office show thanks i'm really stoked that we get to we get to do this this is going to be a, a blast i can't wait to dive into all of the the cap minutiae and everything else going on in the world of the nba because look if, if this offseason has been any indication this is going to be an absolutely insane summer if these first few weeks tell us anything yeah, I tweeted earlier today. It's we have twelve days till free agency opens, and it feels like the entire league is tilted on its axis. Like this is just insane. Like like it's it, this is going to be one of those summers where I can already tell, even as closely as you and I follow it, it's going to be some random day in August when you're doing prep work for the next season. We're like, oh crap, he's on that team. I yep. forgot. Yeah, <laughs> who you play for? Gonna, yeah, right here <laughs> we're we're going to run into one of those, and and it's not going to be some random dude who's like the twelfth man either. This is going to be like some key rotation player on some team going into next season so uh you know for for those of you well, we're just going to talk a little bit about the show first and then we get some topics to get into uh here i think for those of you who have been avid listeners to the front office show first thanks for hanging in there thanks for coming back you know trevor and i are super excited we've talked uh, quite a, quite a bit about this over the last couple of weeks and what we hope to bring it's we're, we're not going to change much we're going to do a lot of what the show was before uh what should change though is we're going to be here regularly and we've got a uh, really good backing and support from both clns media so let's give a shout out to that team over there that has really given us a lot of support and is helping us with with a lot of things that none of y'all care about um quite frankly but both trevor and i care about considerably because it makes our lives easier because if this is a hassle we're not going to do it uh you know making it easier and then the folks over at lakers nation and their support you know we want to throw that to to that group too um they so we're we're excited, you know, to get to get all this going and kind of get into everything here. We've got you know so much going on that's going to be you know a lot of fun as we kind of hit to two. This is going to be a crazy you know massive off season you know going into it. But before we start diving into some of those topics, Trevor, what what, what do you have to say about the show? Like, what are you excited for with the show? Or like, what are you looking forward to getting into? Because I know you said talking the league as a whole and not just Lakers focus is something you're pretty psyched about. Yeah, exactly. So in my role as a, as a senior writer for, for Lakers Nation, I've been, you know, hosting the Lakers Nation podcast, which right now is, I mean, just to give myself a little pat on the back, right now is the number one podcast on iTunes for any single team show, which is, is pretty amazing. So we've been very, yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's incredible. I am completely humbled by that. And we've been, um, we've been very fortunate to have some success there, but obviously we're, we're stuck within that, that Lakers silo. And that's something that I enjoy talking about, but we also enjoy talking about the entire league. And so this is going to be an amazing outlet for that. We're going to dive into everything going on around the league and all the different transactions. I think that's what it's the game within the game. 
And it's just so much fun when you look at, at all the little chess moves that are made across the league. And sometimes they're smart, sometimes they're not so smart. Shout out Rob Palenka. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we're going to talk about all that stuff. So I, I'm thrilled to be able to, to kind of expand a little bit into the entire league and not just uh, the Lakers. Yeah, I know that's going to be great. And then just for a couple other kind of housekeeping notes here, we're, we're going to be on the front office show feed. So wherever you found the show before, show will be there again. Let either one of us know if you listen a different way and it's not there. And we'll see what we can do to, to get it put put in that outlet as well. But I think we've got all the real major ones covered. But I can't keep up. There's a new one every week for things like that. Uh, as well as I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Trevor, we're going to be uh, – going live or not live but with some video um to supplement the show as well and then on major tentpole moments like the trade deadline and things like that we we may even do some live shows then that we'll stream live out to to folks and figure that out but but we're going to take it a little slow mostly focus on the stuff that we know we can do and do well and you know we'll build to those other things so super excited with that and if 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 you're ready man let's dive right in because i know you put together quite the list of topics (laughs) and you know just little behind you know inside baseball here what well, we talked yesterday two days yeah. ago and was like all right so we'll talk these couple things it'll be a nice quick easy get back into a show <laughs> we should have known we, we should have known right i know man it's gonna be crazy so let's let's go man i'm, I'm ready hey let's, i'm let's ready let's, let's play a little armchair gm here man we've, <laughs> got, we've got the we've got the draft right i mean the draft is coming up we're, uh, we're recording this tuesday night so the draft is coming up uh just just two days. We're 48 hours away from the draft right now. And I mean, this is such an amazing time of year. And the thing that I really like is what came out today, that the Knicks are now bringing in Darius Garland for a secret workout. Yes, give me all of the chaos for the NBA draft. I don't want the draft to be already set in stone who the first three picks are. Give me some mystery. Give me some excitement. Even though I don't know if the Knicks will really pass on RJ Barrett, but still, I like it. Let's keep that ball rolling. Yeah, absolutely. My my guess is here is that what the Knicks are doing is they're they're kind of keeping all their options open mm-hmm. with this, and I'm gonna move move my microphone a little bit closer. Um, I, I think they're they're what they're doing is if what if they trade back? What if they do something different? So that that's just smart, right? It's it's there's no reason at this point any indication any team other than the Pelicans and Grizzlies should be meeting with Zion Williamson and John Moran. The, those guys, that's they're going one two, barring something. You know, if one of them gets run over by a bus and and uh, walk into the draft, come on, let's no, not put yeah, that karma on them. <laughs> they, they won't. Yeah, let's yeah let's, let's be nice, right? Especially the way the finals ended. Well, well, we'll oh, all gosh. best wishes. You know, wrap those guys in bubble wrap and and uh, ship them to the to to the arena for the for the draft. But we know that. So I'm with you. Build a little bit of intrigue here. Mm-hmm. Starting to get a little bit of sense with the Knicks that they did their, it, they're likely to stick at three and they're likely to take Barrett. But what you're starting to hear a little bit is they might be a little more uh, – understanding of they may not land these max free agents that it looked like you know as recently as a few weeks ago it looked like they were going to get a couple guys and now they may may, maybe what they're doing is kind of pivoting in a little bit of a different direction if something else opens up to them of eating bad money and those kind of things that's why the other thing that i always try to remind people at this time of year is Whenever anyone goes into, why is the team meeting with that guy? You know, why why is why why is anybody else trying to meet with Zion Williamson? We all know he's going to the Pelicans. Well, we all knew Anthony Davis was going to the Pelicans too, but the reason teams meet with him is 
guy might be a free agent later, might become available in trade. If you've already met with him, you have a kind of relationship to build off of. You've got those things going forward. And what's important to remember is this is the last time you can have what I'll call legal contact with a player for anywhere from five to maybe eight, nine years from now if if they stay with, with with their team you know through the duration of that so a lot of times teams do this to 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 start that kind of intel gathering because that's what this is all about it's um you know well, one of the things that i've learned over the years especially from the pro scout school is good information wins and the more of it you have the better the chance it's good yeah it, it costs you nothing to go ahead and bring these guys in and interview right. them so if the knicks get a get a chance to get a look at darius garland that doesn't necessarily mean that they're taking him but they are they're they're building that relationship they're they're getting a little bit in inside info into him so hey three years from now maybe a trade opportunity comes up and garland is on the block then they've already got that built in they already have a little bit of knowledge going in beyond just hey you know whatever his stats are and things like that and getting into the advanced analytics so that's something that's um that's critical here as teams gather information the best teams are going to bring in as many players as they can and not every player is going to go in and and meet with every team but they're going to try to gather as much info as possible Uh, so with the with the knicks if they do end up taking R.J. Barrett, which I still think is going to happen. It just it feels uh, yeah, like, like that's, the, that's the way they're going to go. Yeah. Um, if they've got R.J. Barrett, do you still see them going after Kevin Durant in free agency? You mentioned that they're not going to be getting a lot of top free agents. Even though he's hurt, probably out for the season, do you still throw max money at him? I think if you're the Knicks, you do. Yeah. The only reason I say that is if, if you're the – the the Clippers or your the, the the Lakers for example before you know the the AD trade and all that stuff what went on I don't know if you you would if you're one of those teams because I think you're close if you're the Knicks it, it, it can't get worse right. so what you're really doing is you sign Kevin Durant and then you're kind of saying to folks is wait a, wait wait one more year you know give us one more year we're probably gonna be terrible again you know but then we'll have Kevin Durant top or whether it's rj barrett or whoever uh, at the top of the draft and then we'll have one more probably pretty good draft pick and that's how we're going to build this thing going forward so i think it's as weird as it sounds like they may be positioned to be the one team that could really take that risk because i think their fans are going to look at and be like eh, whatever it's better than right. the crap we've already had with no hope for the last several years i, I think there's some upside to it like if you go bring in kd and he just sits the entire year on your bench, and then you tank, and then you have another high pick in 2020, and R.J. Barrett yep. now has a year of experience, and then you can sell your team to free agents again in 2020. I think there's some some upside there. And let me go ahead. I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, Keith. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, but thought just popped into my head. The disabled player exception. If you sign a player that you know is hurt and you know is probably out for the year, can you still apply for that? I can't think of a situation where that's come up before. Yeah, it hasn't, and, and it's a little unclear, but the prevailing thought is, yes, you can. Now, what's important to note is, let's say they sign him for his full max is $38 million in change. Mm-hmm. You don't get $38 million no. in the disabled player exception. It would cap out at the at the non-taxpayer mid-level exception amount, so $9.5 million-ish in that range. So that would That's be, something. 
Yeah, no, yeah. that's definitely something. So, so I think it's you know, I I think if you're you're the Knicks, then what? Now, what's important is you gotta you gotta spend and be over the cap to to get to get to that because otherwise, all those exceptions get wiped away. So you know, maybe that that's the idea, right? It is get there and you know fill out a good competitive roster anyway with what you can around that because it, let, let's think about it, right? The Knicks have cleared the decks, but they still have some young guys who you know pretty interesting. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson's probably the guy who I, I would assume at this point fans are most excited about and then Kevin Knox has you know Kevin Knox is a guy I've said this you know once, once he's on a good team they'll beat all those bad shots out of him right. and it won't be you know uh, carte blanche to take whatever junk you want uh, you know uh, three, three dribble pull ups just inside the three point line and uh, or as, no, or as no more uh, learning on the fly Exactly, or as people who cover the Celtics call it, the Jason Tatum. Um, so we <laughs> we won't, uh, you know, we'll talk about that later. Um, but you know, this is uh, one of those things I think with, with the Knicks is that they they're kind of uniquely positioned because of where they're at. I, I just think a lot of the other teams, it's, it's in their best interest outside of the Warriors. If I was the Warriors, I'd still do what you can to keep them and you know run run that thing back in a couple years and. Almost like 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 it is right. Look, LeBron got his kind of rest and downtime. Maybe the Warriors get that this coming year as a collective yeah. group. And I it would just like it would not surprise me to see LeBron come back this year with a absolutely monster, ridiculous season and kind of well, one more of those. I'm going to lay waste to the NBA kind of deals. Just like a year from now, I'm hoping. I, yeah, I know you're <laughs> hoping. Um, I, a year from now, I would not be surprised to see. Uh, the Warriors, if we're talking about them coming back and yeah. kind of have one of those, you know, maybe they make another run at 70 wins. They kind of clear up some of the back end money and in those things for guys and, and get that all settled. So it's, 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 it's definitely interesting. I'm not sure, you know, exactly how the KD thing is going to play out. It's not, not as fascinating as it maybe was a couple weeks ago before the injury, but I think yeah, there's sure. still, you know, a lot of intrigue around that because there's definitely still teams that are going to talk themselves into let's do this because long term, that's the right thing to do yeah i mean it's kevin durant even on a torn achilles even if he comes back at 85 percent of kevin durant that is still a really really good player um moving on from there from the the third pick up to the fourth pick most people assume that the four pick is where this draft really starts and now you have the new orleans pelicans at the four pick and we're hearing that they're interested in trading that we've heard a number of teams interested in trading their picks i think this draft is going to be really exciting because we're going to have a ton of picks moving a lot of teams seem very, very willing to part with their with their draft picks, and it's partially because of this uh, this kind of r- not rumor, but uh, this uh, this title that's been going around about this draft that it's a weak draft class, and so teams are more willing to to part with their with their picks. Is that going to make these picks less valuable? Like, are we going to be seeing lottery picks go for a lot less value? Obviously, the the Lakers' big Anthony Davis trade. It's hard to really gauge the exact value of that pick from that. But are you expecting to see picks go on the cheap come Thursday night? You don't know that it go go as far as say on the cheap. Mm-hmm. I think what you can definitely see happening in this draft is I think you're going to see teams because of the relative flatness of it. After let's let's I'm going to go with four. I've got enough smart draft people telling me it, it's it's four. Like count Garland in there. People really seem to love that kid. You know. Then you have some people who they'll extend that to five, six, seven, and then say it gets flat after that. But generally, somewhere between four 
and 7 and all the way as far back as I've heard 15 to 25. People feel like you're going to be able to get a lot of the same guys. Right. And what I think that does is uh, let's say you're the Atlanta Hawks and you're holding two or three first-round picks now. Right. Uh, what are they, 8, 10, and 17? I think what you're looking at if you're the Hawks is you are potentially coming back at that and you're saying – well, the guy we really, really like is there at seven. Let's just say we believe he is our guy. And, well, that would be silly because they could get him at eight. He's there at six. <laughs> we don't right. know that he's going to be there at seven. Yeah. So they might be willing to say, we'll give you eight and 17 to move up a spot. Because the reality is do the Hawks really want three more rookies after they added three rookies last year all at once. That starts to make your cap sheet a little messy if they all blossom and grow down the line because then you got to pay them all around the same time. So I think what you could see there is that's where teams start to put together their ideas and shape things around let's move up and go get our guy and that's where I think we could see a lot of movement in this draft is because of that. and you have so many teams Boston San Antonio that are holding multiple picks that I think that creates a lot of moving up and down and in the, in, in the Celtics have been very clear they have no desire to bring three rookies in all at once so I think where you're looking there is they're definitely open for business on at least one of those picks you know whether that's package a couple and move up or trade out entirely for a future pick down the line or whatever the case may be and that's where the excitement comes in yeah i mean like you've got so many picks that are available so many teams that are now motivated to move them because either they've got multiple picks or they're in a situation where they've got a pick they don't want like we know the pelicans would rather flip that fourth pick and do and say a, a win now piece or a player that's ready to play right now so i think we're going to see a lot of movement uh between now and draft night i mean we're already hearing all these rumblings we could even see a lot of movement on draft night like as these picks are being made so that is in and of itself is going to be really, really exciting. Um, given that there's so much depth in this, you almost wonder, like, if you pick a guy at, at five and you look at the salary cap hit of that, isn't there value then in trading back, knowing that you're going to get a similar player at a at a lesser cost? So I wonder how many teams are going to be willing to simply drop down or trade trade far enough back in the draft if there's nobody that they really fall in love with, if nothing else, just to help your salary cap position. Yeah, absolutely, especially for one of these teams that has has intentions of spending cap space this year or maybe even next year. Mm-hmm. That That's a great point. Uh, one of the things that I think is a, you know, hey, we're going to talk about the Celtics in a little bit and all the swirl with them, but one of the things that's kind of gone lost in that is the fact that a couple years ago when they made that trade with Philadelphia – they were going to draft Jason Tatum number one overall. They, they've been very clear about that. Everyone knows that now at this point. So what they were able to do was the focus at the time was, oh, my gosh, they got this Kings pick too, this Lakers Kings pick at the time. But yeah. then it turned into just the Kings pick, and that turned into this this whole, you know, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they did that. But what kind of got, got overlooked, forgotten, missed, or whatever was – they also got Tatum for the third pick salary slot versus the number one pick overall salary slot, which that changes math quite a bit. It's yeah. about you know two million dollar difference or so uh, going into this season. Now is there going to be third year players? And that's that that's not insignificant. That's that's where you need to be thinking that. So the, the, you could see teams do that. It's 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 one of those things. The smart teams tend to do that if there's a guy 
that I, I think I can get them a few picks later with that. And maybe I can get a, you know, an additional asset in terms of a pick, or I can get a young guy I like, or maybe a veteran who could maybe help us or whatever going forward. Yeah. I'll move back a couple of slots because, because that'll help us uh, down the line with a little bit of money. So you could see definitely movement like that as well. Again, relatively flat draft is what it sounds like after pick your your spot wherever you you feel like it drops off i'm not going to tell you you're wrong because i've heard you know so many different guys suggest the same sort of stuff right this is very much going to be an eye of the beholder type draft you know you could you could talk yourself into hey Jarrett culver is the best guy there at four darius garland or you could say hey you know no we want to get to eight so we can get cam reddish and get him at a, at a cheaper cost you've got all of these different players that that have value that's so similar that i think there's a, there's plenty of room for movement there and obviously you've got zion in a tier to himself then after that you've got a second tier with with john morant and then uh, and then rj barrett and then some will say darius garland is sneaking in there what's funny is right now lakers fans are, are kind of upset because suddenly it's a four-player draft <laughs> now the lakers don't have the fourth pick when all when right. all lakers fans are they were just just piled on as soon as they got the fourth pick well you got the fourth pick but who cares it's a three-player draft now suddenly it's a four-player draft but um but you've got these different tiers but then you're right that that third tier if you want to call it that is so deep that there's going to be room for a lot of movement there and uh, and speaking of a team that's got a lot of picks in there and you you mentioned them the boston celtics i mean my goodness keith what is going on in boston because they're going to have decisions to make on draft night but al horford kyrie irving like they're making the, the lakers look kind of stable right now yeah, I don't know, man. Marcus March just quote tweeted me, and he liked it, liked my. I'm, I'm, I've started the hashtag Just Start Smart campaign for making him the starting point guard. Oh, nice. So it's all gravy now, right? For for me, no, it, it's a. <laughs> you know, print um, that out, frame it. Right, man. I should frame frame it there. I show my mom; she'll be very confused. She won't understand any of it. But um, but. Yeah, so today's news, Al Horford opted out. Right. That part's not surprising. No, right? that, that, all, seemed, that we, seemed totally fine. That yeah, was no yeah. big deal. And, and the, the assumption was all along, if he opts out, it's because they're going to come right. to some agreement on a long-term deal that gets him more money than what he gave up, but spread over over a longer period. So the average annual value comes down. He would have been on the books for thirty million. A lot of people were saying maybe in the range of twenty to start, and maybe you back that down over the years, or whatever the case may be. That means now. Yeah, right. And that 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 was smart planning for a player of his age and all the mm-hmm. things that build into that. Now it has come out that Al Horford and the Celtics, somewhere along the line, things broke down. And that doesn't seem like that's the direction that's heading. Now, I will say, after the initial reports, things, it, it, you know, it's like with all this stuff, uh, Steve Bullpett, who's very close to the Celtics, works for the Boston Herald. Um, a lot of people think he's maybe the most on it of all the yeah. Celtics beat guys. He was... As as it went, and one of the things I think that was really interesting was he was the first one to have it. Then it gets picked up by all the national guys. And then things kind of went quiet for almost an hour, maybe two hours or so. And then you started getting the reports of coming out through some other people that, hey, maybe this isn't a done deal that he's leaving. You know, the team still has hope and all those things. So, so we'll see. I tend right. to believe if the initial is that he's going somewhere else, maybe he's going somewhere else. For one, I don't blame him. Like it looks like this season's going in a step back. I, I'm right. not going to call it a rebuild because that's not what's happening. No, they're here. not in that. They're not in a full rebuild spot. But that's that's what I was. If if Kyrie's gone, is that then yeah. Al Horford is going? Okay, well if Kyrie's gone too, then maybe I need to find somewhere else. And that's what I think it is. I okay. think it's 
Kyrie's gone. We we don't have Anthony Davis. I don't know how many years I have left to get a ring. Right. Yeah, I'm going to go somewhere to maybe position myself to get a ring. Um, and what's what's really funny if you follow the Celtics is everybody's like, "Bye, Kyrie. See you later. Good luck. You know, get a, get out of here." Without Horford, everybody's like, "Oh man, this sucks." But you know, hey, I get it. Like I'll still cheer for you wherever mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> like it's just so funny, right? The, the the dynamic there. It's one's considered this, you know, for all that he was only on the team for a few years. This now like beloved Celtic, and the other guy one year less, but managed to piss everybody off. Well, and, slightly and, different personalities and, there. Exactly, <laughs> slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one started all the fires, and one had to be dad and come by and right. put them all out. Um. So so yeah. So now it looks like Al Horford's gonna go. So what that does is that really changes the entire dynamic of the offseason for the Celtics because even without Kyrie Irving there was a sense of hey we can still be really really good we've got Horford we got Tatum we got Brown we'll go get a point guard we'll figure this out maybe, maybe we trade for Mike Connolly maybe we get in on D'Angelo Russell somehow mm-hmm. and those kind of things I'm not saying all those things have changed because they're still going to be a pretty good team it's still the Eastern Conference there's they've still got a lot of talent in some ways I think they might be your classic less is more team because we saw that anytime they went to what what the uh you know Celtics fandom likes to call the hospital Celtics, which was the ben, injured banged up bunch, they'd rip off a bunch of wins and look good. And I think it's because everybody was a lot more comfortable. They felt good about, you know, hey, I get my shots now, I'm in the spots I want to be in. So what I'm looking at here going forward is I think you are really feeling with the um with the Celtics of it just changes the whole goals of the offseason. They're not going to push now, I think, to make a major free agent signing or a massive trade. I think it's going to be let's let's breathe. Let's take a step yeah. back. Moves around the edges. We'll fill out the roster with, you know, baby guys who are becoming a little undervalued potentially. Think of it what it was like a couple years ago. Evan Turner right. for really cheap and was yep. really good. They, they really kind of stole Isaiah Thomas, you know, for next to nothing. Jay Crowder, they got that ended up being the most impactful piece of that entire Rajon Rondo trade. Um, that's what I think you're looking for now from the Celtics is, is resetting. And I think those draft picks to bring it all the way back to the question you initially asked, um, I think they're they're going to be a part of it. Whether they use them in to select players themselves, they're not going to. They're not going to bring three guys in. No. They make three selections. They are either um, making one of those selections for somebody else because it's going to be traded, or they're making one of those selections to stash a player um, overseas for a year. Like that's just they're they're not bringing three rookies onto this team. They're they're already young enough. With it's the same thing I said with the Hawks. You can't have too many young guys because if they all end up really good, you're kind of screwed cap wise. Yeah. So, so speaking of that, speaking of the cap, you've got you lose Kyrie, you lose Al Horford, and looking at their their salary sheets here, that's. That you've got over fifty million there that you're that you're now not having on the books that actually frees up a little bit of room for them to go play with. Now I don't know if that makes them a major shooter for some of the top guys you mentioned, D'Angelo Russell and stuff. Uh, but is that something that where you see them maybe facilitating a trade or doing something that we didn't expect? We thought they were going to be pushing their chips in and and looking to land an Anthony Davis, and obviously that didn't happen. It seems like the path is here for them to pivot pretty quickly using some of that cap room in a lot of other ways. 
Yeah, they could. They, they they project to have about $28 million if they wipe all the free agents off the book and keep all the draft picks. So if they if they end up moving off a couple of those draft picks, that'll climb a little bit. They'll be right in the range of $30 million, call, call it that. So what, what you can do there, right, that's that's enough to go make a, what, what I like to call a tier one uh, max free agent. That That's enough to make an offer to one of those guys. If you got the sense, you could get involved in a tier two guy, the, the uh, seven to nine years of service guys then you're there you can get there you you could you know use a pick to trade away a salary or or trade two of the draft pick, whatever you need to do you you would get there if you need to so what what i think ends up happening is i i think they'll be they'll be in they'll talk to some guys I think they'll. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have at least some form of a conversation with D'Angelo Russell because he does fit the timeline with with Tatum and Brown and and those guys. But I don't. I, I honestly think they're rather than go commit a whole bunch of money to one guy and then have that guy and Gordon Hayward on the books for you know half your cap. Right. I think it's likely that they're gonna take a more measured approach and then spread that around and take that 27 28 million and go get you know four six million dollar players or whatever the case is and take take shots on some guys who maybe 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 they flamed out in other places maybe they're just you know undervalued kind of guys redraft guys can players all, basically yeah, yeah. Re- redraft guys or, or even um veterans who are have been around like like a guy like ed davis now you're in oh, position yeah, to go if you great. want to yeah. Right. Yeah. You, now you're in position if if Ed Davis has a whole bunch of, you know, one year, five million dollar offers, mm. you could come in with, hey, how about one year for seven? Then right. bring in a guy like that. And now all of a sudden you're, you know, you're really filling out your roster with a lot of good quality guys. And I think it's going to be really important. Well, one, one thing I want to be really clear about, too, is that I, this is now Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's team as much as um the way things are going to flow offensively. And I think the hope here is they're not going to bring in somebody else who's going to sacrifice that. It is it is very much the leader right. of this team, as he has been for several years now, is Marcus Smart. But Smart's a playmaker, defender guy. He, he's not going to be the guy who's going to stay. He's, Kyrie's gone. He's not like, he's I not get 20 shots a game. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's a uh, once-a-month thing, maybe, right. from him. Um, and then... Gordon Hayward is the hope is he looks like the guy who flashed at times this year. Um, but he was probably his best attribute this year for the Celtics was his playmaking. And I think that's what you're hoping for is that he he's able to be you know, a really good playmaker as well as continues to get back, look better as he did at times. Paul George said it continually. It wasn't until year two that he felt good again on the court. So that's what you're hoping for, for, for Hayward is, you know, we're, we're in year two now. Now all the mental stuff is, you know, gone as much as it ever will be. And you can, move forward that way but i don't think i that's why i don't buy the d'angelo russell stuff because i don't think they want somebody coming in who's a primary ball handler who's also going to take you know 20 shots a night i think they want those those shots and uh touches divvied up amongst the the younger guys to get them you know feeling good about where they were like they were a year ago at this time it's probably just a little bit of revenge motivation there you know hey hey if you're gonna take Kyrie, you're taking our point guard (laughs) Brooklyn. fine we're taking yours then right that's that's got to be got to be it but yeah i don't see d'lo as being that that great of a fit 
uh, on the Celtics. They could potentially go after him, but we don't even know for sure if the Brooklyn Nets are going to make him unrestricted. It sounds like they will if they get Kyrie, but who knows? I mean, once when push comes to shove, if they don't have a second star coming in, um, then then maybe they do hang on to them. But still an interesting target. I do agree with you, though. I think ultimately they probably target more of those mid-level guys and then try to um, try to see if they can find someone who they can really build their value up. Um, I, I want to say on on Russell too. Um, they because I'm with you. I, th- I think it's I think the most likely path is they bring in Kyrie and they're like, all right, go because then yeah. we can we can turn your cap hold into more space and go fill out the rest of this roster. Um, I do think that there is the potential that if Sean Marks isn't feeling like I've got something else lined up, he's not going to lose Russell for nothing. He's right. too smart for that. But the other thing with, with Russell and I and I don't. Because it, just because, and it sounds like you're with me, we don't think he's a great fit for the Celtics. I still think he's a great player. I think he fits oh, yeah. any number of places. I just mm-hmm. don't think that's the right spot for him or for the team. But what what I put on Twitter, which I think would be an absolute riot, is as the Nets take Kyrie and become what the Celtics hope to be, do the Celtics become the Nets and start throwing around restricted free agent offer sheets <laughs> to mess up everybody else's cap sheet? You know, like, I'm all for it. Like, hey, go do it. Like, I mean, I know it's funny. They're, they became this uh, connection and brethren between Celtics and Nets people because for so long it was everybody – Celtics fan, fan because they fan. had all their picks. <laughs> yeah, their, their favorite team was the Celtics. Their second favorite team was whoever was playing the Nets. Right. You know, and their third favorite team is whoever's playing the Lakers. Um, you know, but it is, you know, that, that's just how it goes. But but it would it you like I found myself consciously rooting for the Nets on a very regular basis because I was like, man, I like a lot of these guys. Yeah, I, like, right. I, like, I like the coaches. I like a lot of these guys I drafted. Man, these guys are kind of fun and those kind of things. So to see it just completely flip would just be an absolute riot to me and just something, you know, that it would make me so giddy and happy as just a basketball fan in general that it would just be an absolute, you know, crack me up. It would be a great underlying storyline. And one more thing I want to throw in about D'Angelo Russell, uh, John Gambadoro, uh, who's based out of, out of Phoenix, uh, I believe it's 98.7 as a radio station in Phoenix, uh, he tweeted out today that the Suns are 100% not going after D'Angelo Russell. And to me, I'm thinking, why not? If you're if you're the Phoenix Suns and you need a point guard and he is best friends with Devin Booker, who is your star that you're building around, why not go after D'Angelo Russell? You need a point guard. I, I The Suns, I don't know. I, I think that would make a lot of sense to go after him there. But um, look, I get you know, it. They're, they're, it's the character thing. I know that. I think it's that. I also don't love that fit, him and Booker in the same backcourt. Boy, that's a defensive nightmare. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, yeah, that's a problem. I they also had think no one last year. I mean, it's... that that part of it, I agree with. It's almost kind of goes back to what we talked about with the Knicks is, so what? Right. They can't get worse. I personally think, like, I would throw a, as much as I could at a guy like Patrick Beverly if yeah. I was the, the Suns because I think he fits perfectly there. He's a guy good off the ball to be arguably the best one – one of, if not the best defensive guard in the league. And I think what's really important there is j- just go go that route and then let Booker be be your, be your guy. They kind of put him in almost a James Harden light role um, over the last couple yeah, of years. Is. Just let, let him do that, right? And Beverly – knows obviously how to play in that role but yeah it's um that that is interesting because that's you hear that a lot i'll tell you for just as we uh, wrap up d'angelo russell talk here on the front office show <laughs> um watch out for the indiana pacers yeah I think that's what i've been hearing there. as well 
Yeah, that that's that's I, I think there's something there. I think that's the one that makes a lot of sense there. I think Victor Oladipo, whether he's back at the very beginning of the year or not, I think he's going to have some adjustment time in getting back. I think Russell's a guy who could really fit there. And then when Oladipo's back, I think those two guys could be one hell of a backcourt together. I think they'd be really a lot of fun and do do a lot of great things. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with that. Um, other surprising news, aside from the Horford thing today, was was Harrison Barnes. Not picking yeah. up his $25 million player option. That was like he was on the jump, and Richard Jefferson was like making fun of him when he was trying to explain that <laughs> he wasn't sure what he was going to do yet. And Richard Jefferson is saying, Come on, this was like two weeks ago, was saying, Come on, yeah, right, you don't know what you're going to do on a $25 million contract. Of course, you're picking it up. Turns out he doesn't. Now we're hearing that he may go to the go stay with the Kings, but still, now Harrison Barnes is a free agent on the market. I don't see him getting that $25 million, but maybe he's looking for that long, long term security. Yeah, the long-term security thing, though, doesn't – like Horford, it makes sense, right? This guy's yeah. 33 years old. Barnes is what, 28? 27. 27. Yeah, I, sure. it doesn't – that that part didn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't – I don't. yeah, I don't get it because I think – give you long-term security next year after you've put $25 million in the bank. I, I yeah, have he, to – Yeah, he just turned 27, May 30th. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I, I have to – I'm not reporting anything here, and I want to be very clear on this. Cause so you're going to get aggregated. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, right? Um, but I don't. I, so I don't have any intel. But I have to wonder in a situation like this: was does he not like be in there? Well, was there something with that where it was this didn't go exactly the way I hoped it would go? I, I, you know, well, whatever the case may be, you know, is that is that. Was there something like that? Um, you know, is he you know, worried about you know, what's my spot going to be on right. the team because they've got they've got all these other young guys and those kind of things. But then you look at it on the flip side, Harrison Barnes has never really been that guy. He's always been kind of the you know really good teammate and yeah, never worried. So I it, all indications are from all reporting I've heard and a couple people I've talked to, people do think he's just going to re up with the Kings. I mean, maybe he's doing the Kings a solid here, and he's like, hey, I'll. I'll you know, let's knock my number down in the 15 to 20 million range, spread that out over the next four years, and let's go use all this cap space. Because without him on the books, $62 million in cap space Oof. to put around. Basically, all of their key guys are under contract, but Barnes. So that's that's wild, right? Like, that's like, that's like yeah. holy crap, right? That's where you start. Like, if you're other teams, you're going to be like, whoa. Wait a minute! Like this is kind of scary. Like, like, well, why not go talk to Chris Middleton? Go talk to right. Nikola Vucevic. Hell, you you could make a mistake and not even have it really hurt you. And Vucevic you is a guy we've heard being connected to the Kings. Exactly. That was going to be a likely target of theirs. Yep. Yeah. So you know what? Why not go? Shit, they should. Sorry, I cursed. I apologize for that. <laughs> they should go good. talk to. They should go talk to Al Horford. Right. I mean, he'd be a fantastic yeah. fit there. He's probably not. That's. They're probably a little too far out on their contention window, but 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 those are the things you could do, you know, with the way their their whole thing is is lined up. So I, there is a part of me that says maybe that was Barnes' play here of I'm going to take this and let's spread it out. I'll knock my number down by you know five ten million this year. Give me a couple more years on the back end, and off we go. And you know, here we are with you know, or, you know, in excess of forty million at a bare minimum to spend. Like I really do wonder if that's going to be where this thing thing goes for them. And that that if they play their cards right, they could be really scary really quick. We, we all loved the Nuggets and what they became. Right. 
they're, they're the next Nuggets, I think there's a really good chance because the other important thing, too, is just like with the Nuggets, all their pieces fit really, really well together. There's no duplication on the roster. There's not guys who are, you know, it's not like they have two point guards and two center. Like they've got all these guys who just fit great together on the court. So I'm super excited. They've, they've been my kind of, they, they, been my west coast team to kind of go to over yeah. the last couple of years and i'm really excited to see if that continues yeah they have some guys who can definitely light it up i mean De'Aaron fox buddy buddy heel bogdanovich i mean you've got all these guys that are that are just tremendous bagley right? had a you know, yeah. really good rookie yes, season bagley obviously yep. the, these are guys that can be really really good they can make a big leap forward and if anything if you're looking at at free agency coming up i know we've been talking a little bit about the draft and everything but if you're looking at free agency coming up now you've got one more team that's a threat. And maybe you don't see the Kings as as big of a threat as some other teams sure. that are out there. But still, you've got another team that has a ton of money to throw around. And I'll tell you what's going to happen, Keith. Somebody's going to get overpaid. Okay, oh, Some yeah. of these teams, they're going to miss on some of these max level guys they're going after. And we're going to see some mid-level guys get overpaid like we did a few seasons ago. And uh, you know what? There, there's going to be some bad contracts given out this summer. Teams are going to have to be very, very careful that they don't just feel like this money is burning a hole in their pocket because there's a whole lot of it out there and not enough players to spend it on. I always say NBA teams are like you and me when we were little guys at Toys R Us <laughs> with a $20 bill in our pocket. We weren't coming home with $20. No. We were spending Take that my money. Right? It was, that's it. You know, for me, it was G.I. Joe's. Give me all the G.I. Joe's I can get, and, and off we go. But it is um, – that's how NBA teams are. They're, they're going to spend, you know, money. The, the, one, the one thing that I, that I always think of, if the Kings are smart, how they should play this is – Remember what Philadelphia did a couple of years ago when they paid J.J. Redick $25 oh, yeah. million or whatever it was? And a lot of people were like, why? And it's like they did it because they paid him some of his money in year one that he should get in year two, three, four, right. whatever it is down the line. They just gave it to him all up front because – now he'll take less to stay as they don't have it, as they're making other decisions. And that's we're going to see that probably pay off for Philadelphia right. this year because he's you know probably going to take a little bit less. And that's where I think – I always say this. On a one-year deal in the NBA, if you have a ton of cap space, you can almost – do nothing wrong. Yeah, you could there's pay no a risk. Guy, yeah, there's you pay a guy, you know, 25, 30 minutes. If, if the Kings wanted to max out, you know, I don't know, some tier two free agent for one year, all right, that's fine. It's not going to hurt you. It's one no. year. It doesn't doesn't really matter. It gets into, you get into trouble when you're the Orlando Magic and you give Jeff Green like $15 million. Sure. That was, you know, kind of a little silly at that right. point. But if, but yeah, if you, you want to go, go to there. Or the other thing is what, what they're going to do too is they can drive up the price for these guys for a lot of other teams because my guess is they'll probably talk to a, like a Tobias Harris mm-hmm. and say like, hey, man, let's have a conversation. And now Tobias Harris goes like, hey, Phil, you got to give me the full full deal because Kings Kings will if you won't, you know, and then you know, I'm ready to go and, and those kind of things. But in general, right, I've been watching this league and <laughs> doing this for, for a little while now. Yes, there's going to be some really stupid contracts that we're going to be like, what in the world was that, yeah. you know? And, and you know, but but there is every year not to right, right. You guys are riding high, so I'll drive a little salt. In the, in there. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Night. Somebody's yeah. getting Mozgov. That's, <laughs> that's going it, to happen. <laughs> so you know, it's just yeah, right. So I got I got to bring it down a little bit. I mean, we've had a pretty good, pretty good couple of days here. It has been. <laughs> so yeah, so so we'll see. That definitely though, shock. I, I think mm-hmm. they they mo. 
far more people were surprised about that Barnes decision than them weren't uh, yeah. that I talked to around the NBA I was today. Shocked. I was shocked. Yep. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. Uh, let's let's wrap things up with the Lakers. Things are now. I mean, things are breaking, right? We've been people have been kind of killing the Lakers for a couple of days since the AD trade. Everybody's been saying, "Hey, great job getting Anthony Davis," but man, did you mess this up? Because you probably won't even have max cap space to go after a guy like Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard or Kyrie Irving or any of those. So if one of those guys happens to, uh, to amazingly say, yes, we want to come play for the Lakers, which right now we've heard that most of those guys are not willing to. Uh, but if a, the lure of Anthony Davis and LeBron James works and suddenly they want to come, you don't even have the money to pay them because you're only going to have about $23 million because you've got, what, you've got the Anthony Davis trade kicker on the books. And because the Pelicans aren't going to wait until July 30th to do the deal. They're going to do the deal on July 6th, forcing the Lakers to use cap space rather than be able to work a trade for Davis by using the salary of the fourth overall pick, whether that's whoever it is. doesn't matter. Darius Garland, uh, DeAndre Hunter, whatever. So yeah, so I want to pause there real quick. Yeah, definitely does not matter. Right, it's the it's the salary slot. That's all it is. I've heard a couple people say things. I've heard people or seen people ask primarily on Twitter, like, does it matter if it's Garland? What if R.J. Barrett falls? It doesn't matter. It's the it's the it's the the salary slot assigned to the pick player doesn't matter in there. But go go ahead. Sorry. So so no, I mean that's that's absolutely right. And the the slot the the money is going to be the same no matter who it is. But now we're hearing that the Lakers, and we've we've been kind of going through this on Lakers Twitter and, and Lakers Reddit trying to figure out how this could work, and now we're hearing that the Lakers are aggressively looking to move guys like Mo Wagner and Isaac Bonga in exchange to free up some cap space, and to me, that tells me that they know something, right? I mean, if, if they're looking to move those guys, the only way that really matters is if Anthony Davis is perhaps willing to give up that trade kicker. So, so Keith, where do they sit at this point, and with everyone knowing the situation they're in, how difficult is it going to be to move those contracts? Yeah, so man, that, that's a lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> uh, let's take it. Let's take it it's, piece by piece. It's crazy. I mean, we <laughs> it, talk it about really getting is. into cap minutia and everything like that. This this whole situation is. I've been spending my entire day trying to explain it. To I mean, I, it's uh, there's like a little um, like fraternal order of us like cap cap nerds. And like we're all like how how like this is just crazy. There is um there there is some belief that they did initially screw up with the timing thing that that wasn't part of the initial negotiations. The the Lakers front office, for lack of a better term, there is some a little bit of turmoil still there right now. They, yeah. They're they're not exactly you know settled all into to roles and those kind of things. So it's uh, and I'm not criticizing them. You know we have talked. Oh this yeah. This was the I, I you know. Outside of, you know, giving up the rights to the Staples Center and, you know, the Lakers name and, you know, moving the entire franchise to, you know, Alaska, they, they this was the right move. I mean, this is, they, they had to. You you can't – the my big go-to is you can't punt on year 17 of LeBron James when you just effectively punted on year 16. Right. They had to do something. And more than important than that, you get a guy who wants to be there. There's no way this is a one-year rental unless things go the Boston route and really go south. Right. Um, you know, which I was going to say, Kyrie not, was saying in October he's coming back. Right. So you I never know. really know, but this, never, things yeah, are looking good. Yeah. Did until the contract is signed, but I mean, when a guy says this is where I want to be, it's always important to remember. Right, Kyrie didn't pick Boston. You know, it, right. it just kind of the way it went. Um, so, 
So all that aside, let's. I just want to make sure I get on the record there because I'm here. Some people are like, oh, well, you cover the Celtics, so you must hate this for the Lakers. I, I don't. I think this is a great move. You know, and, and quite frankly, as an East Coast guy who wants good West Coast teams to watch at night that aren't the Warriors and the Warriors aren't going to be the Warriors anymore, hell yeah, I'm good. And I don't I, – I love basketball first and foremost. I don't want to see LeBron James' career peter out. I want to right. see him be playing in important games. So now let's get into all, all this. It is the try, trying to get rid of Wagner and Bonga, and, and maybe even Jamario Jones to help because yes, you could do well. all these things. Right. And yeah, you, you could could do this a couple different ways. There, there's a handful of ways the Lakers could structure it and get Davis's his full deal, and then go under the cap after, and you know all this stuff. But well, there's there's a couple things. I think Woj's reporting was worded very um, purposefully that they're trying to expand the deal. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, I know I initially took it as, oh, they're trying to find somewhere else to spin these guys off to and blah, blah, blah. It may not be. It may be Pelicans, will you take them directly yourselves? Right. And what that could what that could result in is take, take these guys. Now, I, I purposely, I, I don't think Bonga has much value, if at all, no. around the league. Bogner, maybe. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Their, their know, salaries just, are so tiny. It's not. Yeah, you know. it's, you know, it's not going to hurt you one way or another. No. Um, with that, you know, it's declined, you know, Wagner's option after the second season and move forward with that if you really don't like him. But well, what I think is, I think that is the first intention is let's not overcomplicate this by bringing in third teams and fourth teams right. and all these other things. But the other thing is what the Lakers could very easily do is go find a team that has cap space and say, hey, we eat this little $2 million deal of Mo Wagner and, you know, could we throw us your second round pick, you know, or, or um, you know, could we, you know, swap second round picks at some point later or right. whatever, you know, swap now and the Lakers has become this dirty word. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, there, there, there's ways you can do this, which allow you to maximize some of your cap space. But I love what you hit on, man. I'm, I'm I feel kind of like a proud dad, man. You got right there <laughs> on the cap stuff. Um, I'm growing. My my cap knowledge is growing. I'm diving into it more and more all the time. I love it, man. It's it's the you have to now covering this league because yep. it's you know it's just it, it really is you know there's there's multiple NBA seasons. There's the regular season, the playoffs, and the off season. Um, so when I look at it though, I think you're on to something where it is. I think there is a really good chance Anthony Davis is going to say, "I'm going to forget the trade trade bonus. I'm good. Yeah, let, let it go." I want as much money as we can have here because I want to win next year. And if that's the difference, they will know by the time they have to execute the trade, they'll know. They'll know whether they need it. Right. Exactly. And that's the important thing here is this trade's not happening tomorrow. Can't happen until seven, six at the absolute very earliest. And and there's a lot of people who are saying, like, why would Anthony Davis throw four million dollars away? Well, this isn't Trevor Keith who doesn't throw four dollars (laughs) away, you know. He'll make that back one way or another. You know, they'll they'll. Yeah, he, he just got to deal with Ruffles. He is the only exactly. NBA player with yeah. a chip sponsor now, so right. he's already making making that money yeah. back. Um, and, and we also we should throw this in too, Keith. There, uh, people keep asking, you know, well, what? Why does it have to wait till then? It's because of that that moratorium where deals can't actually be done until they have all the numbers figured out on the books and they know exactly where the cap is situated. So that's happening July sixth. But teams can start talking to players 
as of of what is it? Well, it's six uh, o'clock, June, June, six o'clock Eastern, Eastern June time, 30th. June thirtieth. Thank God, is an East Coast. I, I love it that it's moved <laughs> up. But so what that means is that the Lakers can talk to guys. They can talk to Kemba Walker. They can talk to whoever, Jimmy Butler, Ka- Kawhi, whatever you want to, whoever they want to talk to. So they will know by July sixth what they need to do in order to get a deal done. Maybe they don't need to need to get it done, but it's not something where they're going to clear up the space and then get to free agency and then go, oh crap, we didn't get anybody. Exactly. Yeah. This is, um, I, I do think they overshot last summer. I do. I do really believe that they thought it was LeBron and Paul George. And then when that didn't happen, it was, they, 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 they were a little bit, when the music stopped at the musical chairs game, they were left standing without a chair. Then it was a little like, Oh crap. And that would cause the thing. But again, right. I said this to you, I think days after we kind of knew what the plan was, they did it the right way. They 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 did one year deals only. That that's fine. Again, one year deals can't really hurt you. Yeah, you would have liked better players this past year. Maybe you make the playoffs, but whatever. It's all well and good. You know, you can't go back. Can't can't change things. So so that's what I think is. I think you're exactly right. It's going to be by probably midday on July first. They're going to know. Right. You know, do we have another max free agent? And if we don't, do we have? three guys for nine million dollars a piece do we do we need to get to 10 million for those guys what what is it what are the numbers we need to get to and from there then it becomes all right well you know maybe we don't even need to trade wagner we can just keep them right. or you know we want to do this maybe ad is going to conditionally say hey if you need it then go do it if you don't then i want the full bonus money there there's all these things that, that very well could be into that you know so it's not um you know i'm, I'm hearing a and it's I do think they messed up. I, I 100% do because it, it, it just seems weird that we're having all this back and forth and talk of could we delay, could we not delay. And, there's, and there seems to be a lot of confusion from the people who would know in the media that are reporting on it that there's confusion and in and, and these things. So I do think that they did mess up. But it's not. it, it hasn't gotten to the point where I think some people – I legit have people like, well, what if the whole thing falls apart? It's God, no. It's not we're close no. to that bad. The players yeah, all know where they're going like like the pelicans and the lakers would both would be (laughs) would would not look good for either of them if the whole thing falls apart it wouldn't look good for either of them and and, i mean right you cover the lakers could you imagine bringing ball and ingram and Hart back again (laughs) for like it'd be at that point i'd be like you might as well just cancel the season and trade lebron somewhere else because because you you are not getting out from under that circus so so none of that's going to happen and there's a lot of reasons for the pelicans to not delay this trade as well we we can get into some are they want number four at summer league you know they don't want to wait because if they delay it they're not going to have them there for them well they, they get nothing out of delaying so what's the point they they should just go it's actually better for them to execute it now with a lessened or no trade bonus because although that hit would go on the lakers books the pelicans are ones who actually have to pay it so yeah. the benson family can say cool you saved us four million bucks you know and and, and maybe with that it's David Griffin, go sign, you know, three more minimum guys or, you know, we'll, we'll go over the cap, you know, for this guy or whatever the, the case may be down the line because, you know, hey, he saved us four million there. Do it that way. So it, it, this is it, it'll all get worked out. It'll all be fine. The question now really seems to be is do the Lakers – there's two. Is are, are the Lakers going to go star? And then fill out with it's almost like the old uh, fantasy draft strategy in an oxen draft stars and scrubs. You spend a lot of money on a few guys and then you take a bunch of flyers. Yep. Um, 
or do you go and spread that money around and fill out depth wise? The fill out depth wise plan, I'm hearing a lot of, well, that's how the Raptors won. It's conveniently forgetting the Raptors had four freaking guys who made over $21 million last year. Like, they weren't cheap. It wasn't no. like the Raptors, you know, they, they were very, very expensive. And the only reason they got Kawhi is because they had DeMar DeRozan on a $25 million contract. And, and typically other, it takes stars to win in the NBA. What the Raptors did does, is not yeah. is not the typical yep. way that you win. No, and, and I'm hearing a lot of, well, what if these guys get hurt? LeBron's older. He's coming off a major injury. Davis has, you know, sketchy health. Here's where I go to. There is 40% of the NBA is going to be free agents, about 200 players in a couple weeks. There, is, there, there are 12, 13, maybe 14 teams, depending on how it all shakes out after all this option stuff. They're going to have cap space. They don't, have, they don't have enough cap space to pay 200 guys meaningful amounts of money. That cap space will get eaten up really, really quickly. You know, so somebody threw – it's funny. They went to my uh, cap sheets and like, well, you, there's 400 – there's half a billion dollars, $450 you know, million dollars there. If there's 200, you pay all of them. You know, this you pay all of them two million dollars. I'm like, that's not really how it works though, because of that, a bunch of those guys are going to get thirty million dollars. Right. So what you need to do is, this is where this summer, I would not say this most summers. This summer, I think it's the right thing for the Lakers. Go get the third star because you are going to be able to for minimum contracts and by splitting up the room exception and whatever, you're going to be able to find really good players. Because what they can all what they can offer is playing time and a chance at winning. And if players can't get a whole bunch of money, some of those guys aren't going to be able to get that money anyway. They want to play and they want to win. And the Lakers can offer that in spades to all sorts of different guys. That this year only, if it was like a normal cap environment, I would say no, you, you can't. You, you got to go get two, three guys, you know, for that money. But this year, I do think it's the right thing to do to go get that third star guy. And I think when you have three stars too. I think they're going to be super progressive with resting guys, you know, and giving them nights off. And you can feel pretty good about if we've got three stars, there should never really be a night where we're going to have more than, you know, two of them um, out at a time, you know, barring injuries and all those kind of things and and all that. So I, I do really think, you know, that's the direction that they should go this year. Yeah. And look, look, realistically, like as much as we say, hey, June 30th, they're going to start talking. Yeah, they know. They, they, these yeah. things are being talked about already. You know, maybe yeah. it's not the team directly to the player's agent or something, but through back channels and things like that. Look, LeBron can go talk to whoever he wants. Same yep. thing with any team, right? Any player yep. can go talk. They can figure things out that way. They're going to know. And that makes me wonder if they already know if they're getting someone. <laughs> that That's possible they, that they could already have a really good feeling. Like, look, the Brooklyn Nets already pretty much know they're getting Kyrie, even though technically they can't talk to Kyrie. Yep. Um, in person or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, how do they know? Right. right. How, yeah. how is that yeah. possible? So obviously, you know, discussions are already already taking place. And so if you're and looking – go ahead. I, sorry, and I'll also say too related to that is not to tell secrets out of school here, but I have a number of players and agents who will hit me up for, hey, what would this deal look like for my guy in X? Or even the players on occasion mm-hmm. will come to me and say, hey, who has cap space here? You know, who, who, you know, what do they have for, you know, my position, you know, on the roster? Like, what does this look like? What about this team? What if they do this? That's these guys. There's enough of us now who know enough about this stuff that don't actually work for a team that these guys can hit us up and start asking questions that they, these guys are 
it's funny june don't get me wrong i'm gonna be right there june 30th at 6 p.m eastern you know ready to go wait yep, for the ready for the buzzer bombs right to to come out and all those things and you know uh, shams and haynes and everybody else who's gonna be you know having reports flying around i am um but i'm not stupid that a lot of these things are done because if you really believe guys were eating steak dinners at midnight yeah yo eastern um yeah that probably wasn't happening all that often um you know on the east coast teams especially so it's you know it, it's just one of those kind of things where we all kind of kind of know it's um as long as you don't do what magic did and be completely overt about the <laughs> tampering no one cares because they all do it it's don't wink at a when, player on live tv <laughs> exactly it's only when you start doing it completely it's because because what that was that was almost kind of insulting the yeah. way he went about it you he know, was and, obviously um, doing it yeah exactly so that's that's when it gets there. But if, if guys are doing it, no, no one cares because they all do it. The other thing, sorry, I wanted to go back real quick was second question is, and I know it's probably what we're going to wrap up on is, how do the Lakers get back into the draft? Right. And that's, yeah, I know that's where we need to go there, from right? here. Yeah. So, so, so I want to kind of, I'll lead this part and then let you answer. But we're, we're hearing reports they want to pick up second round picks. Totally makes sense because second round picks, they come with no cap hold and sign them all last to their, you know, minimum contracts, which is what they get. It can be a way to help fill out your roster with, you know, some young guys. As much as this draft is flat, one of the things I am continuing to hear is there are going to be pretty good guys into the second round that are NBA level players. Don't always have that in every draft, so I think that's going to be really important. So well, one of the things that I want to look at there is um, with you, how, how do you get there? Right? How how, you, how do you see the Lakers getting into the second round if they're getting there? That's it, man. It's he's, the money. He, it, it's it. the money. Yeah, if, if you're listening <laughs> to the co- podcast version, I'm doing the universal sign for for it's money it, right money. now. Baby. I, and you know this this is this is such a Lakers thing to do, and it makes a ton of sense. They've found guys late in drafts, whether it was second round or not. I mean, look at say Avita Zubats, right? Who who didn't have a great season a couple seasons ago, but was good last year. Somehow wound up with the Clippers. How? Why? <laughs> we still don't know. <laughs> Okay, but but regardless, they've they've shown some skill at finding guys in the second round. So this is completely a Lakers thing to do. They they bought the pick that turned into Jordan Clarkson. They also used money as well as a future second rounder, I believe, in order to get the pick that became Isaac Bonga. Right? The Lakers look for opportunities like this, and this is just what historically they have done, and it makes so much sense because look, let's say that they know that Let's say it's Jimmy Butler. Let's say they know Jimmy Butler is coming in free agency, but they're going to have to move off of Wagner and Jamario Jones and Isaac Bonga. And so then you've got a team that literally has four players on it, right? You've got <laughs> you've got Kyle Kuzma, you've got LeBron, you've got AD, and you've got Jimmy Butler, and that's it. Well, you now and have Frank to go, Vogel running the point. And, and Frank Vogel, yeah, Frank Vogel is going <laughs> to break out the high tops, and he's going to go out there. Uh, Alex Caruso, let's give him a shout out. Maybe he somehow sticks around, or maybe they move him. But and that regard- wouldn't surprise me in all real reality, too. Yeah. But yes, yeah. But so let's yep. say that they now have to fill. 10 roster spots at least. So you go and you use some of that money. And Keith, you can remind me. I don't remember exactly. It's $5 million is the amount that they can actually. Yeah. So here's pay. what's important is it's, it's, a, it's a little over. It's almost be almost five and a half million. Okay. Um, so in this league year right now, the Lakers can actually buy draft pick buy draft picks for up to 3.7 million. They've still got 3.7 million left that they could go spend on that going right for a second round picks generally about a million dollars i could see teams kind of charging a little bit of tax because because mm-hmm. let's be be honest they know they kind of got tax. them 
you know, and, and they know they have them, right? Because they know yeah. they've got to fill out the roster. So may, maybe 1.5 million is what they charge. And that's what they paid for Bonga last year, mm-hmm. too, was they paid 1.5. Um, so you charge them the 1.5, you get a couple guys there. Then the other important thing is, let's say they want to buy two more. You can do that and then just execute it as the league year changes over. Just like the AD yeah. trade's not going to happen until right. the league year changes over, you wait and do it then, and then then you're out that cash later. And, and But they're not going to – it's where you're going to use – you really only use cash around the time of the draft or if you're paying somebody to, to take on your player. And that's the other thing they could do. Maybe they want to get a second-round pick this year, so they trade Wagner and one point. Or two million to cover his salary for next year, and get him and get a pick. Maybe that's how you pay for sure. it. You know that way is you you know you get a team to cover, and it's you know it's they're they're not going to be able to just walk up to a team and say you know hey you know here's you know five hundred k give us a pick because that just doesn't happen. No, it's not going to fly. And, and again, teams know they kind of got them here. They know what they're going to do, but they they can get the teams aren't going to then turn yeah. around with three million. You know, because it's the Lakers, or I'll trade, I'll sell it to the Warriors for two, you know, or for you know one or whatever. That's not going to happen. Um, so it's going to be, yeah, they're they're going to use cash. You, hey, no, no one can see you do it, but man, you were right on it when you made the <laughs> made the money symbol here. The, the money symbol, yeah. And, and look, this is <laughs> if you're going to do this, let's say they go after a a four year college player, a guy who's got skill that is ready to get to play right away, but doesn't have a ton of upside. But that's okay because you're going to use him to fill a roster spot. Right. And so you want somebody that's going to be in there that can actually you can put them out on the floor just without them hurting you, ideally. OK, so you go find a player like that and nobody comes to mind off the top of my head. But but you go find a player like that. You can get them with that second round pick that you just bought and then you don't have to actually sign them right away. So you can have that player, but then you don't have to actually burn cap space on them until yep. until you've already done all of your spending. So yep. that's why going after second round picks makes a ton of sense for the Lakers given their situation. Now, having those open roster spots still comes with an open roster spot charge. Okay, yep. so it's not like you just automatically get get zero dollars attached to that slot that that second rounder is going to go into, but it still is usually some some sort of benefit to it. Yeah, so what will happen is there's a couple different ways they can approach this. Is if they're gonna if they're gonna pay these guys and have them them come in, if they're gonna pay them the exact minimum, then you don't need to wait because they're already on the they're they're essentially replacing that roster charge spot because that's the exact league minimum. It's just under nine hundred thousand dollars. Let's call it nine hundred thousand for you know uh, you know to good enough for government work. Right. So what you would do there is you would bring them in and just pay them right away the other thing you can do is you can save little little bits of cap space and what you can do is bring them in pay you could pay them maybe a million in that first year and then be able to sign them for more than two years because the minimum exception only allows you to sign a guy for two years so let's think about the warriors with jordan bell because the warriors um signed jordan bell um just using the minimum exception they've only got him for two years that's why he's restricted free agent this summer if you look at a team like the celtics or the guy like like shemmy they've got him on the books this is now he's going into his third year they've even got him for a fourth year because using the using a minimum contract you can go up to four years in length because you can do that with any contract and then but you have to use cap space to do it so i wouldn't be surprised if they try to conserve a little tiny bit of cap space to do that with one or two guys the other thing in the draft is is i like what you said too is look for the lakers if they do this if they buy their way into the second round i would look for older players yep. and guys who can shoot 
because they want guys who can come on the floor and be be potentially part of the rotation right away. They're not going to be looking for a bond. There's not going to be a bonga who's no. a big time project, and you're going to take a number of years there. That's you know they're they're, they're we're we're no longer in building mode. Um, we are now in winning time, and it's it's going to be getting the right guys there. But I go back to I think I think some of this is a it's all a bit much ado about nothing because I think it's going to be, you know, they're going to be able to fill out the roster with guys. You know, maybe they like with Reggie Bullock for example. Maybe they say, hey Reggie, will you come back on the minimum this year? The next year, if we think your fair market value is five million, we'll pay you seven or eight because we're going to allow you to recoup. Well, you miss next year because they'll have his bird rights and right. they'll be able to do that. And th- those are the kind of things you can, can do. I wouldn't can't be put it on paper, but you could kind of Correct. a wink, wink. Yeah, type absolutely. Right. Yeah, and it's it goes back to that's what the 76ers kind of did with JJ Redick. They they mm-hmm. paid him a bunch of money up front, knowing hey we're not going to pay all this down the line. But you know they they did that with Amir Johnson. They paid him ten million dollars or whatever it was, and then signed him to a minimum deal the next, knowing hey think of that it's really was two five million dollar contracts. We just gave it all to you in year one. Um, that I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, Bullock. I think there's a chance that's what they try to go that route with him be because it'd be a great fit. There, yeah, you he's know, a great um, shooter. Would it not stun me in the least because they they um they played together and had some success if Rajon Rondo is back. They they obviously clearly need a point guard. Now he he you know he's not a perfect fit, but it wouldn't surprise me if they don't go sign one. You know, yeah. I don't think it'll be, but but you know, wouldn't shock me. And again, hey, will you play for the minimum? And then we'll up your pay, you know, next season or whatever whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah. If it ever explicitly came out and that's, you know, was the plan and that's what they said, yeah, they're going to get in all kinds of trouble because now you're circumventing the salary cap and all right. kinds of other nonsense. But the reality is we can look at it. We'll know real quick if we start seeing guys like Bullock and Rondo signing minimum deals. We all know what's up because we all knew what was up with Contavious Caldwell Pope for two straight years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When KCP got like 18 million in that first year, and then, I mean, he still got, he got a lot, but. Yeah. That was the that was the LeBron tax. That was the hey, we get the right. we get a direct line to Rich Paul. So yep. that's that's part of what we're paying KCP for. And what did he get? 10, 10 million last year. Uh, or I think it was twelve. It was, or 12. 12 or so really think of that. That was a thirty million dollar two year contract. Right. That's really it's what that ultimately was. And fine, right? It's it it, it it obviously didn't hurt them. You know, yeah. <laughs> they've got they've got LeBron and they've got Anthony Davis. So there was no, no no problems there. So let's let's wrap with this. We've got the draft coming up. What do you think? What's the what would you set the over under at as far as how many trades are actually made? Because I feel like it's going to be a lot. I think this is going to be I an exciting too. draft night. Yeah, I do too. And, and every time I say that, then nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we're great. setting up here, really. By right, by hyping this up so much, it's just going to be right. crickets. And, and then free agency will be like two guys leaving, everybody resigns. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not going to happen. No. That I feel very confident. In. I think so too, though. I think it's going to be a really busy draft. I think there's going to be a lot of movement in the second round, especially. Again, some guys will drop, and I think teams will be like, hey, we had a first-round grade on that guy. Let's get back in. Let's go get him. Let's move up, whatever it is. I'll be surprised if we come out with any less than, I'm going to say 12. Uh, I'll put it over under 12 trades. In this year's draft, there's almost always around eight to ten anyway, yeah. and that includes selling picks that counts as a trade and those kind of things. But so I'll put the over under as twelve. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the over on that because I'm just gonna be optimistic, and then that there means we're gonna need like two oh. hours to break it all down next next show we do. <laughs> Absolutely, and and 
so there, there it is right there's the tease for the next show the next show will probably be us coming barring something ridiculous yeah. you know that happens that we got to hit on right away our next show is going to be breaking down the draft i know those of you who are long time listeners to the show you really liked that draft breakdown that, that me and my buddy pete told did um if there are any unknown prospects we might have to get pete to jump on with us because he really tracks these guys pretty deep um so you know if there's anybody me and you are like i don't know anything about this dude you know i guarantee pete will know something about him um so you know and uh pete, pete will be heard from it at some point on the show um you know he's still still doing his thing still keeping up with the league but anyway that's probably our next show um well, we're gonna come at you guys and what what the every intention is we'll go through every team what they did didn't do at the draft we'll we'll, we'll get into it and talk, talk it and you know go from there and then pro- probably from there it'll be that yeah, next will be we'll, we'll be right in the free agency and everything else so i expect that draft recap show that'll probably go a little long i think trevor and i got uh politely i'll say we get slapped on the wrist because we tend to go a little <laughs> longer than i think we're supposed to so i think, think that, that, one might that did go, happen yeah i think that one might go super long but then we'll chunk it up and and break it up into multiple shows for y'all we'll and apologize later save them. that's it yeah that's <laughs> right yeah man uh, well what's that beg forgiveness for us to ask permission yes but yeah super excited uh with that so yeah yeah i can't can't wait man i'm glad we're doing this i'm glad we're back at it yep yep good for a show Good wrap up here. We've got obviously the the draft coming up, then free agency. The NBA offseason is amazing. I love it. Makes the NBA basically a year round league. So this is just the start. So thanks to everybody who's uh, who's tuning in and listening. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Find Keith at Keith Smith NBA. Uh, Keith, anything else you want to throw in before we before we call it? No, just just want to thank the guys at Lakers Nation as well as at CLNS Media for you know helping us put this together and giving us the support. Make sure you go out there and support the sponsors that are going to be attached to the show, um, whether that be this episode or going forward. We're really excited because all this is coming together to give Trevor and I the kind of infrastructure that we need to be able to do this for you guys and make it kind of quite frankly worth our while. Because yeah. otherwise, we, you know, we're both busy guys. We've got a lot going on outside of this. So if if we've got that kind of stuff going on, it can can be a, can be a ground. But we're really excited, you know, for this. So I just want to ch- shout those guys out for now, and you know, let, let's let's get at it and let's 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 do this thing because this is going to be an amazing off season to to come, and we'll go from there. Absolutely, can't wait. That's it, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time, see ya.